All right. So um, what you're asking about is the question of suppression of feelings. Mm-hmm. And what does the Buddha have to say about mm-hmm. suppression of feelings? Well, one of the ways that we can talk about it, suppression of feelings, is, is that, wait a minute, you either feel something mm-hmm. or you don't. Mm-hmm. You either feel sadness or you're not sad. You either feel angry or you're not angry. Mm-hmm. So where does the idea of suppression of feelings come in? Okay. Uh, yes. Let's talk about it in the sense of maybe it's not suppression of feelings, that it's suppression of the behavior that we would have if we had those feelings. And so it would be possible to say that someone is repressing feelings if, mm-hmm. in fact, they're angry, but mm-hmm. they want then they continue to have angry thoughts, they have angry feelings, but they will not allow themselves to express those mm-hmm. angry feelings. Oh, I see. So it's like they, they're still boiling, but like they won't say anything, for example, or they won't lash out. Right. So it's not the feelings themselves that are pushed down and repressed. No, the feelings are there, but they do have enough self-control to not act upon it. I see. Now, uh, because, there was a very interesting... Go ahead and ask your question. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Because it's like the interesting thing is, you know, sometimes how, like, you know, when somebody, you know, has had a long day and, you know, um, they, you know, come back, maybe they're on, like, commute or something, you know, and they feel, you know, kind of sad or something. And, you know, they, they, they hold it in, but then, you know, at some point when they're, when they're home, you know, or something, like, when they're alone or when somebody asks them, look, how was your day? And then they completely you know, like break down or, or you know, they, they cry or something. Um, they let it all out. I see. Right, exactly. So does that imply like, you know, beforehand, you know, they might be feeling little bits of sadness, but somehow, you know, the, the sadness is like suppressed. Like what happens like there, you know, like, uh, I'm just curious, like what, like, is there like a difference or do they, we just say like, they kind of just feel like sad, but they don't, but they don't express it. Right. Like we said before. Yeah. Well, uh, you're, you're bordering on the issue of how to deal with this, but let's mm-hmm. pursue it just a little bit more here. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me tell you the story about what happened in the 1970s with psychotherapy. They had that same idea mm-hmm. and that in there they talked about, well, everybody's got all of these suppressed feelings. Mm-hmm. Maybe they should let them out. Mm-hmm. And so they trigger it and bring it up. Mm-hmm. And that um, uh, examples of that would be uh, Fritz Perl's empty chair, mm-hmm. the one where nobody's there. Mm-hmm. You know, the old Neil Diamond song. Mm-mm. Okay. Mm. Any, anyway, <laughs> that also leads to um, the example then of taking the pillow mm-hmm. and, and beating it. Okay, oh. it's it's mom on the uh, that we're thinking that it's mom that we're uh, uh, letting all of this stuff out, and so we beat the pillow. Uh, oh. That that led then to an entire industry, including what they called encounter groups. They uh-huh. had batons, soft batons, soft big uh, boxing gloves, and all kinds of stuff. 
But what they eventually started to run into was that the guy who was beating the pillow uh-huh. and letting his anger out, uh-huh. when he went home, he would continue letting it out on his family. Oh, so it was actually reinforcing the destructive habit. That's what they were training and not actually. They like, were, <laughs> right. They began to train the, and reinforce a bad habit that was actually better if they had not let it out. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Wow. And that that led to a fairly major change in psychotherapy to where you don't hear about encounter groups. Wow. Anymore. They don't do them. They don't do the encounter. They don't do the baton. They don't do the pillow bashing. All <laughs> of that kind of stuff is um, they found that it was kind of counterproductive. Wow. So let's, Let's look at what is productive. Mm-hmm. The, fact, the fact is, is that these, what they were calling suppressed emotions, weren't necessarily suppressed. They were mm-hmm. just not expressed. Oh, okay. I, uh, that makes sense now. That makes a lot more sense now, then. I see. I see. Okay, so let's deal with the the feelings that are uh, not suppressed and they're not expressed either. Because this is, in fact, when it's a set at the situation of the in uh, one's practice of sitting meditation. Mm-hmm. That's the hindrances that are coming up. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that is really interesting to talk about in this regard is when we're talking about the Dhamma, Mm-hmm. We're talking about wholesome things. Right. We're, ta- we're talking about something that's really good. So if a student is sitting in his meditation and contemplating and thinking of the Dhamma, in that moment, he's not in hindrances. I see. Mm-hmm. And so having thoughts of the Dhamma is better than having thoughts about, oh, I've got to write that email. Boy, I'm going <laughs> to let him have it. He was he was really nasty on to me on Reddit, and I've got to come a really good zinger comeback. Okay? <laughs> These kinds of thoughts that we have are not wholesome thoughts. And if we are in the habit of having those unwholesome thoughts, but not in the habit of expressing those unwholesome thoughts, then we're just left with it. Right. And it's left with it as a habit so that um, actually you probably heard the name of Henry David Thoreau, who first got into Buddhism back in the 1820s and 30s and whatnot, had uh, Louisa May Alcott and uh, um, Emerson as a friend. Okay, okay. All right. What, in, what Thoreau came up with is, is that men lead lives of quiet desperation. Oh, I see. All right. What does that mean? That means that we're all desperate, but, but we keep it quiet and we just let that desperation go on on the inside while we're putting a smiley face as best we can on the outside, mm-hmm. not being very good at it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so what Anapanasati really is, is, is about, is cleaning out every little desperate thought that comes by. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And slowly as we begin to change and have wholesome thoughts, 
Uh-huh. Thoughts of the Dhamma, thoughts of bite right here, right now, thoughts about everything is okay, it's going to all work out, no problems, no worries. Those kind of thoughts then become a little bit more dominant than they used to be because you're used to be all of our thoughts are, oh, I've got this work to do, and all oh, that student is not a good student, and gosh, I'm responsible for what she's doing. And all of this kind of th- extra thinking that we're that we do, mm-hmm. rather than hey, I really enjoy this. Right, right. So we so we need in fact have a, a whole lot more mind moments of enjoyment, and fewer and fewer of mind moments of unhappiness. Right. right. So that we are in fact um, not bringing up unwholesome feelings that then we suppress, in right. the sense of not expressing. So the so the suppression is simply the non-expression, mm-hmm. rather than the actual suppression of the feelings. Because in fact, Anapanasati is not suppressing the feelings. Right. Let me give you this example. Let mm-hmm. us say that you were standing on the road, mm-hmm. and and you're not paying much attention, and you get hit by a truck. Okay. All right. Now, let's say that you're standing in the road and you're paying attention and you're watching this big truck bear right down on you. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? You've got three choices. You're going to try to stop that truck. That's the, what we're talking about, suppression. That's Popeye. Mm-hmm. Or we're going to let it run over us, which is what most people do. Mm-hmm. Or, just, mm-hmm. or we're going to step out of the way, yeah. going to stand out of the road. Let that, you know, note that... Uh, hindrance well and let it pass right and say oh i don't have to feel that way i can feel good instead my choice exactly just like smile at it right <laughs> yeah I see. wave goodbye to that truck that didn't run into you <laughs> yeah um it's interesting because uh yeah the reason why i ask is because um i think like a week and a half week and a half ago yeah the zen master um you know obviously you know got got mad over you know something i think we we ordered pizza and then he thought it was expensive. Um, and so he got mad and he was, he just basically stonewalled, you know, all of us for like, um, four or five days and just didn't speak. And he was just mad. And he was I mad was before you bought the pizza or after you bought after, the pizza? After he bought the pizza. And he basically stonewalled everybody, um, for like four or five days. And that's why I was, you know, very amazed, um, at how long, you know, like the, the thing could keep going in his mind. Because I was like, the pizza's long gone, you know, like, you know, and I told him, pizza here, you might as well enjoy it, right? Like, she's like, if you feel bad uh, while eating the pizza, then you feel bad like twice because you felt you feel bad for overpaying. And now you feel bad <laughs> and, when you eat pizza. And so, then he feels bad later. Yeah. He won't stop. He keeps feeling bad. Okay. The, and you're absolutely right. Once the pizza is bought, you might as well enjoy it because it's already bought and paid for. Yeah. Why and, feel bad because it's it was too expensive when you've already bought it? Right, and then you know at first you know I felt like you know he's probably you know expecting you know an apology, and I thought you know I I'm not gonna apologize because I I didn't do anything uh, wrong. But then I realized you know maybe like four or five days later you know um, probably you know it was my own pride you know speaking you know I mean there's nothing I mean if if there was nothing fine if if I was completely fine then yeah saying sorry or you know whatever is completely fine. Um, so, you know, after four or five days and I realized, yeah, probably, you know, I have some pride in there too. 
And I reminded myself that, you know, like, what's the worst, you know, that can happen if you admitted, you know, that you were wrong to your, to your own father, right? Like, like what, what, what's mm-hmm. going to happen? What's so bad about that? And then I realized that, you know, um, yeah, I mean, if I gave up my pride, then the stalemate, I guess the deadlock goes away. And, you know, that, that fixed itself um, after I got over that. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, and so that was interesting um, as well, because, um, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, that aware of the pride first. And then after a couple of days, I started noticing, okay, so what's, what's actually the, the thing here, right? What, like, what's making me, what's making it so hard for me to say a couple words to him? And then I realized that, you know, at the end, there was some aversion. And then I asked myself, okay, why, why is there aversion? And then, you know, that whole got to the point, well, you know, nobody wants to feel bad because you're wrong, right? If you say sorry, you're wrong, because that's what we're led to believe. Um, you know, like, that's how, you know, like, our habits are, right? Like, you know, all through childhood, you do something wrong, so you say sorry. So you, you say, you think, you know, you feel bad. For Isn't it funny that people will limp around on a foot that's got a splinter in it because they will not admit that yes. they stepped on something they shouldn't have stepped on? Exactly. And then I realized that, like, uh, you know, over that past, like, four or five days, like, pride can be pretty insidious. And ever since I... <laughs> looked at it more closely, you know, I can sometimes see, um, you know, like casual conversations and somebody says, no, that's not true. And then you, there's always, at least for me, um, some instinctive part, some thought that was, that will try to jump out and say, well, no, because this, 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 because you want to justify, you know, that you're, that you're right. Or, you know, even if you're wrong, you want to justify it so that, you know, it doesn't seem like you were completely wrong. And then that whole goes into the whole, it's a slippery slope from there because you want to say face and all that stuff. And that was definitely um, an eye-opening experience um, okay. for the past four or five Well, days. we can, in fact, go a little deeper in mm-hmm. that, really. Mm-hmm. And that is, is that, first off, let's look at the issue of sorry. Mm-hmm. The word sorry is often used when we have uh, an apology. Mm-hmm. But in fact, you never were sorry. Mm-hmm. But we can find ways to apologize without expressing sorrow. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Okay, and we one of would be say uh, that um, I apologize, or in this case with the Zen master, you could go so far as to say, you know, you were right. Mm-hmm. That expen- that pizza was downright expensive. Mm-hmm. You want another one? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't think about that. Okay, right, right. I see. Yeah, because I you know, began to understand that, yeah, it's not so much about, like, the, the actual, like, you know, right or wrong or whatever, right? It's, you know, the, 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 the sorry is just like, a, like, like um, uh, how should I put this? It's like, a, it's like a tool to get at the underlying feeling, right? It, it, it's not so much like, oh, you know, you say it, so you got to be wrong, and now look. Right, like everything you ever said wrong, and you should feel bad. But you know, it, it was more like just a tool to get to. I mean, this sounds kind of um, what's what's the word? Uh, uh, emotionally manipulative, but that's not like the point because I don't want to be. I, I don't want to sound like malicious with it, but like given the situation, let's, let's was, do that. Okay, let's do that. Mm-hmm. It's okay. For you to manipulate your emotions, and it's okay with wisdom to manipulate his emotions. 
Right, I, I Because see. that whole idea of manipulation of emotions is what we call or refer to in Nepali as mudita. I see. Sympathetic joy. It's actually instinctual. It comes out of the hurting instinct. I see. I and see. so if he's angry mm-hmm. and is yak, yak, yak with his anger, that anger will, you know, sympathetically vibrate down the way and people will pick up on it ignorantly. Right. Yes. It will so who's, who's basically the question now is who can play the loudest, longest, happiest note? I see. Right. All right, this is what Mudita really is all about. And we can think of it from this perspective. Mm-hmm. That the original part of the meditation is to get our own mind happy. Mm-hmm. Happy enough to deal with ourselves means now we're happy enough to deal with the world. I In see. the beginning, we're secluded. Then mm-hmm. we come back into the world. The Zen master is part of your world. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Part of the grumpy part of the world. And his grumpiness is powerful. Yes, very. <laughs> yeah. his, his grumpy is so powerful, in fact, that it overpowers the whole family. Yeah. Okay. Which means that you can now, through your own, um, let us say, development of the skill... Mm-hmm. When is it that you lose your joy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can like, you? How long can you keep your joy? Mm-hmm. It's a game. Yes, exactly. Yes, it really is, and it has to do with who uh, who has the most power here—the mm-hmm. power of anger or the power of joy. I see. And it is really, it's really interesting in the sense that um, it's very much like in in music. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the demonstrations that I remember, uh, but I've seen this demonstration over and over and over again. You have a finely tuned, correctly tuned violin just sitting in the room open. Mm-hmm. The guy with the trumpet comes in and plays the note A. Mm-hmm. Ah! Guess what? He stops playing, he walks out, and everybody in the room can still hear that violin playing that note A. Oh. It sticks, I see. The, the vibrations stick, mm-hmm. or the, let us say the vibrations move, and mm-hmm. things that can vibrate at that frequency will vibrate at that frequency. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that works with emotions with humans because of the, um, um, <clears throat> the societal um, instinct that we have Mm -hmm. The basic instinct is the herding instinct. In other words, we get together Mm -hmm. in a herd for protection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if one person in the house is angry, everybody's got to come be angry together to join as a unity in in protection. Mm -hmm. But that's not the only way to join in unity, that you can also join together in sadness or in grief. That happens at a funeral. Right, 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 right. I see. Um, yeah, it's interesting because um, this most recent week, uh, he's had a like a you know like a reversal again. Well, well, a reversal not not in the bad like not 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 a relapse, but like a reversal of the of his behavior. You know, like one I think like two 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 days ago. Yeah, he just 
up and starts talking, it's like, oh, you know, I've been, you know, aware of some of my thoughts, and yeah, like, I, I, like, you know, see, like, there's, like, a lot of, like, some of that anger, like, like, you know, like, it's uh, really unneeded, and I'm like, wow, you know, like, that's good stuff, I mean, now that, I mean, it's, like, what we've been working, um, you know, with him, um, you know, like, at least he can recognize it, step one, and then the step, step two is to remember to recognize it when the anger actually comes, because, I was telling him that, you know, it's great, you know, Dan Marotta would be really happy to hear mm-hmm. that, you know, when you're calm, you you understand, you see, you recognize the anger. And I guess, like, you know, I told him that, like, now the, 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 the game, you know, is to catch it when you actually, you'll know, start to get angry. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, you can help him with that, not just by explaining it to him, mm-hmm. but put it into action. Right, right. Yes. Okay. So you can, from this moment on, be determined that whenever he gets grumpy, mm-hmm. you're going to have enough joy mm-hmm. to manage it. Okay. Right. Right. Um, the example would be that you can't approach him with a spoonful of, of joy or a spoonful of sugar mm-hmm. when he has a whole yard uh, of his mind full of crap. Oh, yeah, like that's going to okay. be. <laughs> you can't have a teaspoonful of sugar. It's not going to be enough. No, you need a backhoe. I see. Okay, a backhoe of joy. Or in the, the way that the suit puts it is unremitting joy. Mm-hmm. Unremitting pity. In other words, he is not going to let you uh, get you down. There's mm-hmm. a, a Latin phrase. It's uh, um, illegitima. Uh, Copperandum, I think, is something like that. And what the illegitimate is, it translates into bastards. Don't let the bastards grind you down is the famous way that it's translated. But look at the point about it's illegitimate. Mm -hmm. That his anger is not legitimate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. don't let his illegitimate anger grind you down. You've got enough joy to manage his grinding. Right, right. Yeah, okay. I think And so in that regard, it's going to be grumpy, and you're going mm-hmm. to be happy, and he's going to be more grumpy, and you're going to be happy, and he's going to be more grumpy, and then you sleep away, oh, this is too much work. Because you don't have enough. But there's also right. the possibility is he gets grumpy, you get joyful, he mm-hmm. gets grumpy, you start being happy, he mm-hmm. gets more grumpy. You start teasing him about being grumpy. You start saying, oh, you don't have to be grumpy. I bet you could smile if you wanted to. And then you can say, oh, I see you smiling. Uh-huh. I can see that. Uh-huh. In fact, when I do that with Kitty, when she's grumpy uh-huh. and I do that with Kitty, she actually tries to hide her face physically. She does not want me to see oh, that really? she is actually oh, smiling. <laughs> because that you don't really want to be grumpy. That's really see. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, definitely. Um, and I feel like the you know sitting practice goes a long way to maintaining um, you know the 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 quiet joy that there is. Um, because you know the informal practice uh, by itself is not uh, enough. Um, uh-huh. Definitely, the sitting practice is needed to 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 calm the mind because it's like. 
like a like a yeah because if you just don't it just backslides so that's what i see uh-huh. at least so, yeah one of the ways that you can handle that let's go back to the expensive pizza part mm-hmm. okay he's grumpy and so you can say wow you're right dad that mm-hmm. was an expensive pizza but, it but boy really did good. it taste good yeah <laughs> that was such a good pizza it was just way too expensive you're completely right wow uh-huh. it was expensive I tell you what, I'll buy you another one. <laughs> and you start teasing him with it. You can help him to recognize that he doesn't have to be grumpy just because the pizza was expensive. Right, right, You right, see, that's right. something that comes from his old culture. Yeah. He was raised that way. That, in fact, my dad raised me that way. Mm-hmm. That when you mm-hmm. have to pay too much, you can't have it. Or if you do have it, you can't enjoy Hold it that. because it was too expensive. Exactly, exactly, right, 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 exactly. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, yeah, um, yeah, so this, I mean, definitely he's leveled out like a lot more now since like two weeks ago, um, which is great uh, because it shows that, you know, he, it, it's, it's, I mean, I, I guess this is expected, right? Everybody has these moments where, you know, they'll be noble at times um, and then they just completely forget. Um, and I think this is just, I guess, him going through one of these normal things, except for him, the cycle is uh-huh. a little longer. Um, you know, instead of moments, um, you know, what's more apparent is maybe days. Vicky um, Bodadansa was really, really clear upon that when he uh, talks about mm-hmm. void mind. Because a mm-hmm. lot of Westerners, when they hear the idea of void mind, they think the void is void of everything. Uh-huh. But he's making the point that, no, what we mean is, is that it's void of hindrances, it's void of dukkha. I see. And right. that we all have times, and you're even talking about it, sometimes he's good, sometimes yes. he's good, and sometimes he's not. Yeah. The question is, do we have the skill to mm-hmm. change the ratio mm-hmm. from 80% of the time being unhappy and 20% being happy? Can we change that around to 80% happy and 20% unhappy? Right. Gotcha, gotcha. And yeah. then we could change it from 80% happy to 95% happy and only 5% unhappy. Mm-hmm. All right, so this is the way we go. We begin to slide the scale, and when do we slide it? Whenever we remember. Mm-hmm. Whenever mm-hmm. we can wake up. So part of your waking up is to help your dad wake up as well as you can use him as mm-hmm. an anchor for you to wake up. Yeah, I mean, Especially yeah. when he is grumpy. When he's grumpy, you use that as a very strong anchor. Okay, where's my joy? Where's my joy? I got to get it yeah. up. That's really the the tough part um, because you know for me when I'm when I'm alone everything is perfectly fine. I take showers, I enjoy them to the fullest. I take you know sippy sips <laughs> of cold water, fantastic. You know I I you know you know sit on my bed. My mom calls me lazy, and I and I say yep, lazy is good. Uh, and you know the the hard the real test I think like you 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 say it is. You know, it's it's like when I when he gets like you know like a grumpy from like one to a hundred, I think that's like the the realest test of how strong my own joy is because most of the time, if I'm being honest, um, the joy cannot stand uh, his 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 uh, his level of uh, of of grumpiness. It's like extremely strong, um, and so you know, I I guess you're right. Like I guess this is the next game to play. Um, you know, like, can I get the 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 uh, the joy even stronger? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
strong, so it's unremitting. It'll keep coming back. He'll be grumpy, and here comes your joy. He'll be grumpy, here comes your joy. Yeah, it's it's definitely like, like on a whole other level. Like I can I, I can definitely like, like sit into you know, washing dishes. Sure, washing dishes slowly, enjoying the hot water and like you know the squeaky sound on the dishes. <laughs> Easy uh-huh. stuff, man. Um, but you know, like <laughs> dealing with him is at his worst. Is <laughs> Yeah, I guess like that's I think that that's a really good point. Like that's that's probably like another 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 game to play. Um, you know, well, to... this is this is Mudita in action. I see. Mudita mm-hmm. in action in the sense of can you be joyful even in the face of people being not joyful? I see. When mm-hmm. they're grumpy, mm-hmm. you can be you can be joyful even though they're grumpy. You can be joyful. And you can overpower their grumpy with mm-hmm. your joy. I see. Because yeah. nobody really wants to be grumpy. Yeah. And so you can invite them out of it. Yeah, because um, what I've also noticed, you know, is, you know, for example, when we're eating and he gets grumpy, the hard part is sometimes my mom and my brother, you know, pick up, you know, like get lit you know, by the anger first, and then, of course, they will say things like, why are you so angry, or, like, telling, you know, just directly tell them, like, don't be angry, but if you tell somebody that, you know, don't no, be No, that'll angry. just get them not, more so, no. And so, and so now, instead of one burning match, you have three burning matches, so I just, like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm perfect, because, you know, obviously... Um, you know, eventually, I will, I will, you know, get burned if I don't, if I'm not careful. Uh, and then we end up in like these these kinds of things, like these kind of situations where you know, uh, you know, the thing just like lights up. But you know that that is a really good point. Um, I mean, this just shows that um, you know some of the joy um, is not strong enough uh, because when he you know gets grumpy, yeah, it spreads. Uh, it spreads. Yeah, but he's a lot better now, so I'm not complaining. It's really good. <laughs> so, you know. Well, I gotta tell you. In a kind of a small way, that happened right here at the house today, this morning. Mm-hmm. You you probably heard in the background the motors running. Yeah. Well, earlier, earlier this morning, morning. <laughs> the truck wouldn't start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that um, it didn't start yesterday, but uh, because it's diesel, I know that the diesel fuel mm-hmm. will uh, sink back down in the fuel line. Mm-hmm. Because it's just got some natural leaks, and nice. the air will seep back into it over a period of time. If you use mm-hmm. a truck every day, it'll start right up every day. Mm-hmm. But if you go for two weeks, mm-hmm. then it'll be hard to start only because the uh, uh, the diesel fuel is not all the way up to the carburetor. Mm-hmm. But if you just turn it and try to start it, the battery will run down before the pump will pump it all the way up. Mm-hmm. And so the way to do that is by pumping the throttle with your foot to pump and pump mm-hmm. and pump and, and pump and pump. The... We, we did that yesterday, mm-hmm. and I got the truck started, but mm-hmm. uh, we didn't leave it started long enough. So today we go out, and now the battery is not all the way up. And so now, just as I'm about to get it to where it's got gas going, so you can hear it just about starting, like blah, like that, uh-huh. and that's when the battery ran down, so that it wouldn't uh-huh. wouldn't do it anymore. Okay. Uh-huh. So Tam feels bad. 
Uh-huh. She gets grumpy because the truck won't start. Uh-huh. All right. Uh-huh. So now I've got a new job on my hand, and that is just to get her to cheer back up. Well, I'm pretty good at that, and she's pretty uh-huh. good at cheering back up. And so it took me about 20 seconds to get her out of her grump. Uh-huh. You know, by basically asking her questions like, well, why are you grumpy? Well, the truck won't start. And I says, yeah, but you can go ride where you want to on the motorbike. You don't need the truck. And mm-hmm. he, she says, well, I want to get it started. I got to go call the guy over there and I don't want to pay for it. I said, OK, well, I'll pay for it. Now you've got no reason to be grumpy. Oh, and then she like lightened up. Yeah, like she, she. Right. You can lighten people right up. All you have to do is take their reason for being grumpy away from them. You talk them out of it, literally. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is something to think about, actually. To actually try, actually. Not, not, not even think about, but just something to try. Um, just to take away people's reasons to, to, be, um, to be grumpy. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I gotta give that and, a And to cheer them up, do it with a happy. You can't be grumpy and, and, and uh, talk about it being grumpy. You know, you gotta be really light. Got it, got it. I see, I see. Wow. No reason to be grumpy at all. Gotcha. Oh, yes, for sure. <laughs> like, oh. Because people would rather, in general, be happy than grumpy. They, We're just in the habit of finding something to get grumpy about. Gotcha, gotcha. I see, I see. Yeah, yeah. This is something that, um, you know, I, 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 yeah, I need to remember to, you know, to try and play around with. Yeah, that sounds like some fun stuff. Well, you can do that at work, too, with this girl yes. that you're trying to yes. train. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Makes you, gotta, you, can be, you can be happy if you can remember to be happy, even in the face of when other people are screwing up, yes. failing, being unhappy, yeah. whatever. Yeah, that's the definitely thing. Like, I think I remember, um, you know, chatting briefly last time, which is, you know, sometimes you become so... Uh, focused on the code that you kind of forget to be mindful right because it draws it saps like attention it saps like your your concentration for mindfulness because you're trying mm-hmm. to figure out how this thing works and you're trying to you know do these things but that that really is another place to to really um i guess like a pract- like practice especially since now um so many hours are spent in front of like logged logged in in front of the computer yeah that's a really good point mm-hmm. actually Yes, yeah. taking taking a moment back. Now, one of the things that I will say, and that is, is that the skill mm-hmm. of learning code, mm-hmm. which also could be the skill of stop looking at the algorithm the way you want to wake uh, it and mm-hmm. start looking at the algorithm the way the computer does it. Mm-hmm. So that you can go through the step-by-step sequence of events of the algorithm to check it to see if it conforms to what I want or not, as opposed to I just want it to do this and I'm trying anything to get it to do that. No, we really have to understand the code. This is what the coding is all about. Now, if you can do that with code on a computer where you have a really strong guarantee because the computer is either broken or it's working. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you if if in fact if you've got a computer that's got memory faults, that computer is not going to process. Mm-hmm. Okay, and because they've got mechanisms in there. So if the computer is will be our baseline for that code, mm-hmm. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. We also now understand that we can use that same kind of baseline with the Dhamma. Mm-hmm. So that we can figure out how to get the code in our own minds to conform to the baseline, which is the instruction set of the Dhamma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. All right. And it's the same skill. Mm-hmm. In other words, if you can learn to code, you can learn how to straighten out your own mind. Right. Exactly. Yes. And a lot of people don't know how to code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's also like, I'm also understanding, you know, um, you know, why the Buddhists have like, you know, like high states of, you know, like that whole thing we keep saying about, you know, people confusing going deep with, you know, actually, you know, freeing themselves because um, at least from what I've learned from all of this is, you know, yeah, you can be intensely concentrated in the code. But you 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 forget you're leaving the door wide open, you know, for your feelings to come in and just like you know trash the place because when you when when you're mm-hmm. so focused on you know trying to, <laughs> exactly so right like like to, to, to fix or to do this thing, you don't notice what's going on or what you're what you're really thinking because you're, all you all you care about is okay how how do I get rid of this thing, and you don't pay attention to what's what's going on. So at least that's what I've been seeing, um, which is. Um, and so, yeah, you're definitely right. You know, going people confusing going deep with, you know, actually, you know, uh, waking up, um, and they're actually two two separate things. And so that's actually been very clear to me now uh, for like the past like one Great. or two. Great. Great. Yes, that's a subtle point. Mm-hmm. You're, but you're right. That's the mm-hmm. subtleness is there in the sense that people, in fact, can have bug in code. Mm-hmm. And they spend a lot of time feeling bad about that bug, and they try this, that, and the other thing, and the bug, bug doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. As opposed to actually going down through one step at a time to see exactly what's going on, and then they'll know how to fix it. That's the, the, the debugging technique. How we learn to debug code is exactly the same trick of learning how to debug the mind. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, I think I'll probably <laughs> gonna, yeah, like, I, you know, practice, you know, two, two things, I guess, for, for next week, which is, can we, uh, you know, like, uh, be more joyful, stronger in the presence of the Zen master? And the other part is, uh, when coding, maybe don't concentrate so hard on the code. That's what I need to do. Uh, I need to pull back. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Be aware think... that there you are, at the desk. Draw yeah. back a bit, and yeah, look, look how you feel. Exactly. So yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, um, I hope to you know like call up uh, on you know, like this this weekend again because yeah, like these these long gaps is really not not so good. I feel like because it, it, it it's like basically missing out on a lot of opportunities to to you know discuss more Dhamma and then like when night the. The next time I call, like everything is like forgotten. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got a really nice, cheery smile on your face, so I know that you haven't forgotten all your dhamma. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. But I do invite you to call more often, really. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, um, definitely. Uh, so yeah, thank, thanks, Alana. Yes, thank you. Um, I'll probably see you soon in like five days. <laughs> okay, we'll see you soon, Willie. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.